What is up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of my podcast. And today I'm really excited because I'm sitting down with an incredible human being. This lady came into my life within the last year, and I just adore her so much. She is, oh, we just align so well together. I love talking to her. I love picking her brain. I just love being her in her network of humans. And this is Jenny Rice, and she is the owner of Your Holistic Earth and the owner of Jenny Rice Coaching. She is a busy lady and she's got some big goals and she is like me. She focuses so much on mindset and I love it. And I'm just so excited for you guys to dive in and listen to our conversation. Hey, I'm Jessica Dirksen and this is my podcast. The True to You podcast is the place to be to get the tools to live your life by design so you can be the person you want to be, feel freaking amazing from the inside out, and live a life that you love. Hi, Jenny. Thank you so much for being on the show. I am absolutely thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. So let's start, introduce yourself, tell everyone who you are and what you're up to in the world. Oh my goodness. That's such a big ask. No, <laughs> and you're up so much. Right? It's like, oh my goodness. My name is Jenny Rice. And <laughs> did you so, go to school? Yeah, exactly. I have two kids. No. <laughs> so yeah, my name is Jenny Rice, and I am the president of Your Holistic Earth, and it is an incredible community that is all about connecting people seeking holistic wellness, and also empowering those wellness providers to have a prosperous and healthy business life. So we're just this incredible space and connection point for people to thrive. And that's one of my passions that I'm involved in. And the other is I'm a mindset strategist and coach. And I love working with people individually and in groups to empower them to work through any barriers they maybe have, taking actionable steps and really moving them into inspired action. So that's like seriously me in a nutshell, but there's so much more that we'll dig into when you actually like you know, ask me a question. (laughs) I need a snapshot. I love talking to other coaches just to kind of hear their story. Like, how did you get into coaching? Have you always been, you know, excited to help people? Have you always been really strong in your own mindset? Like where did this come from? Oh my gosh. Have I always been strong in my own mindset? That would be a hard no. (laughs) (laughs) And as, as in reference to helping people, I have been a servant up from the heart since the day I can remember. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, literally I have an identical twin who's two minutes older than me and we have been together. Obviously we call each other, each other's, you know, roommate. We've been together since, you know, our time on this earth. And I always felt in service with her and always doing things to help her and support her. So I think it was always natural for me to step in to work roles and, 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 you know, employment roles, friendship roles, family roles, where I'm always 
looking at ways to help people in, in different um, aspects and capacities in their life. So it wasn't a surprise to me that my work life, if I look back now, it doesn't surprise me. I'm standing where I am standing right now. But if I, you know, if you asked me this when I was 16, I'd be like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) that's, um, you know, but you don't have insight at that point. Right. And you don't have awareness at that point. And I didn't have mindset at that point. I was uh, really struggling with my own, you know, finding my own feet as a young person, having issues, uh, you know, with a learning disability, I didn't know it existed. I have dyslexia that we, you know, I wasn't diagnosed till I was in grade 11, for goodness sakes. Yeah. It was a very interesting journey. We, um, my mom always kept thinking like these kids are working really, really hard and they're putting the time in. There's something, there's something missing because the grades weren't matching. And it wasn't until, like I said, in our older years, my stepmom and and my dad, my stepmom was uh, working at UBC um, and she had this, so she had a different way of approaching things and she was able to get some, you know, different type of testing done for us. And by then though, the damage was done emotionally, mentally, the self-worth dialogue, all that kind of stuff. So I didn't really seek help at that point. I didn't want help. I was like, what the hell's the point? It's way too late, but I'm, I'm grateful for the journey because it's given me a whole new perspective and it taught me a lot that I can help share with others. I mean, it's, you know, we are who we are and we, we build our resilience through our experience. So I'm very, as, as hard as those times were, and I didn't know why I was going through them. Now I'm so thankful and grateful for the experiences because it's giving me a chance to see how I can use those experiences, not only to be a champion for myself, but to inspire other people into various forms of action through, through understanding their own self-worth. So, wow. So can you tell me a little more about that journey of like, of being able to change your mind, your mindset and work on that internal work? I'd love to say it was super easy. <laughs> we all know you're lying. <laughs> right? It's like, you know, and actually, you know, I say that and just some of it is easy, actually. Some of it is just making, you know, coming up with the realization that we get to choose what we think. Yeah. And it obviously took a pivotal moment in my life to realize, wait a minute, I'm choosing actually to feel horrible. I'm choosing to talk to myself in a really negative way. I would never talk to my kids like that mm-hmm. ever. I would never talk to a stranger. So, you know, I don't know why I thought it was okay to have this internal negative dialogue on repeat all the time that I wasn't good enough. One day someone's going to figure out I'm not capable, that I'm not skilled enough. I'm not educated enough. I became obsessed with education. Um, which is an interesting thing because when you're seeking education for the wrong reasons, it's not actually serving you and, you know, discovering that I was constantly feeling I had to prove I had enough knowledge to be listened to, to be heard, to be seen. So my health was the biggest trigger that made me realize, guess what guys, stress is uh, the catalyst for all things illness. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. And, um, you know, it, 
you hear about it, you read about it, but until it happens to you, you're like, sure. Yeah. I'm <laughs> right? fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. The fact that my heart's beating irregularly, the fact that I'm like, you know, being pulled, the fact that, you know, all the things, right. You're like, yeah, I'm fine. It's fine. I just need some sleep. Right? Yeah. <laughs> if I just, if just could take this off the list and have a rest, I'll be fine. Um, you know, it was in those moments and it's some other self-discovery and, and doing some work, slowing down long enough to listen to the problems. Because mm-hmm. um, again, I was addicted to busy at the same time. And, uh, if you're busy, you don't have to look at the truth of what's really happening. And kind of all those light bulbs started to fire a little bit. I was like, what am I hiding from? And I wasn't hiding from anyone else but myself, which was so interesting because I had allowed other people's stories, other people's, uh, you know, I mean, you, you capture things from grandparents, you capture things from TV, you capture things from life experience. Uh, you know, I had some pretty major experiences in, in high school that literally changed my belief system around my, my intelligence mm-hmm. and none of it was true. Mm-hmm. So until you slow down, I guess if you, you were asking for a couple tangible things, I invite anyone that if any of my story is resonating at all, if you hear any point in here and what I'm sharing, you're like, oh, that sounds like me. That's okay. But I invite you to slow it down. Mm-hmm. And if you're afraid to kind of slow down enough so you can actually look at what's happening in your life, find a friend find your partner, seek someone professional. But I really encourage you. It was the most freeing thing I ever did was when I looked at my own truth mm-hmm. and that I was literally spinning into this spiral that I was creating. And I was forgetting I had the opportunity to make a decision on my belief system. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much, there's so many things that you said that I I'd love to kind of talk about and unpack a little bit, but one of the things you said, um, around, you know, you're going so fast and you go, go. And I think it's really powerful that you mentioned that. Cause a lot of times, um, people I, like women I speak to and I work with, you know, they're like, I feel stuck and I'm not taking any action and, you know, not taking action is a, becomes a problem, but also taking too much action is a problem, right? When you're just going and going and just like you said, hiding from something. So really it's about the right action. Yeah. Inspired action. Yeah. Right. Like, why am I doing the thing I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing the thing I'm doing? And is it leading me to, you know, it's funny and you work with clients. I work with clients. And when I work, or even when I do my own personal work, what is my why? Right. So, yeah. right. I, I know Jessica, you and I could like <laughs> high five all day long. If we have a screen between us. <laughs> yes. Yes. Your why. Right. Like, you know, I, I equate this to our moral compass. Like this is our, this is our, our, you know, or North star, this is our guiding light. This is when we dig deep into our depth of why not the surface why, right? You know, we don't lose weight because we want to have fit in a great pair of jeans. That might be the reason we get started, but in order to stay fit, we got to have a deeper reason than how our butt looks, right? Like, you know, <laughs> it's like super important. So when we dig into the, the core of the why, the heart centered of the why, 
that why will lead you to trajectories and decision-making. And the best part is, is again, when it comes to slowing down, whenever you say yes to something, if it's not leading you to your why, and it's moving away from your why, you want to consider it to be a no, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Again, if you're super busy, this addiction to busy, trust me, and I have to watch it. it. It's a habit I built very strongly into my DNA. And I invite people to realize you're going to fall off your, your wagon. It's going to happen. It happens to all of us. You got to be kind to yourself, dust off your knees and get back on because, you know, we, when I were just talking, I put on a huge event, um, literally two weeks ago, two weeks ago, or was it last week? A week and a half. Okay. See, I'm already, and I'm already like, woohoo! I, I legit spent um, tons of additional time on that project, knowing I was building more foundational tools for down the road. The old me would have never stopped till it was like exactly the way I wanted it, where the new designing plan is, this is what we can accomplish this year. This is where we're doing it next year. Yeah. Right. So slowing down enough to see that it's about the journey, not about how fast you get there. It's about seeing the truth. Why am I trying to be so busy? Mm -hmm. What am I hiding from? I feel like I haven't answered your question though. Uh, I I don't remember the question anymore, but I really want where this has gone because that's okay. I'm like, I feel like I've gone down the rabbit hole. (laughs) I love that you brought up the why, because I think when I talk to just anybody, like, you know, friends, family, and they're like, well, why everyone talks about a why. And they think like your big why in life, but I love like everyone has goals, right? If we're not living, like if we're not growing, we're not really living. And we're, you know, there's always things we want to do or a life we want to live. And I like, you know, what's your why for wanting to achieve that goal? Cause there's so many people that think they want to achieve a goal. And then you ask the questions and they're like, I didn't really want this. This is something that, you know, my mother-in-law told me I should do, or a teacher once said I should do. And it's like, you need to, if you don't have a strong enough why, it's probably not something you really want. So figuring a why out for, you know, why do you want to go off to med school or, you know, like, what is your real reason and your true why? Like you said, a deep why, because high level surface wise, they don't, they don't take you very far. They sure don't. And, you know, I love that you brought up the point of, a lot of our whys are tainted with other people's biased opinions of what they think is best for us. Yeah. And it doesn't mean they don't love us. And it doesn't mean that they're, they, you know, when people give you their opinion, it's their opinion. Yeah. They have a, regardless, they have an agenda attached to it. It doesn't mean that they're trying to get something out of you, but they have a vision of what's important to you. So even if it's a, even if it's, coming from a place of love is still tainted with their bias attached to it. Yeah, exactly. And if it doesn't align with your deepest why, thank them for it. Take mm-hmm. parts of it that work. But if you don't know your deepest why, exactly that, before you know it, you got 500 grand in, you know, high, in school bills going to get your doctorate or something, right? <laughs> and then- <laughs> I get here. I don't even want to do this job. <laughs> right? And so... You know, it's just so interesting that we forget we have choice and we forget that we have this beautiful human condition of being able to pick and choose what serves us. 
Yeah. And we lose sight of that so often. We forget that we disempower ourselves. And I say this because I have great experience in it <laughs> from, you know, before is, and don't get me wrong. I still do it occasionally as well. I mean, we do, it just happens, but we did, we give our power away so easily. Yeah. We, we shift into victim mode very easily. Mm. And that is not to say that I'm degrading or devaluing. There are people that are victimized and it's out of their control. What I'm talking about is when we immediately go, I'm so busy at work because my boss does this, this, and this. Yeah. It's like, actually you're busy at work because you don't tell them the truth of where you're at and you're a yes person. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, how about we unpack that for a second Mm -hmm. or you're a martyr. You want to be seen as the one who does it all. And, you know, like there's so many reasons why we, there's so many internal reasons of why we give away our power, but in truth, people treat us how we train them to treat us. Yes. Yeah. We teach people how to treat us. I just had this conversation the other day of, they only treat you this way because you've allowed it for so long. So they think it's okay. They don't know any better. And really, honestly, it's not their fault when you've allowed it to go on for however long, right? So, you know, setting those boundaries. But I think one of the things people struggle with, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, is we don't, no one wants to take ownership, right? Ownership for their own life. And I think there's so much power when you own it and you just say, everything is my, like everything that happens is I own it. Like it's my responsibility. And it's not to say that bad things don't happen to you and you're allowing it to happen, but it's to say, I get to own how I grow through this. I get to own, you know, how I want to live through this experience or how I'm going to show up in it and how I'm going to respond or I'm going to react, or, you know, am I going to crawl in bed for the rest of my life? Or am I going to go and try and figure out what the learning was? But I just think there's so much power in taking ownership for how you show up. And I don't know if it's scary for people to do that, or it's just too much work, or it's easier not to do that. But I think that's where there's a lot of struggle is where people go back to that victim mode. Well, this happened to me. And, you know, this person cut me off in traffic. And I'm always like, because of this and this and that, you know, there's always other external reasons why they live a life that they live. Well, and, you know, it's so interesting, because there's the saying out there that life is happening for you, not to you. Mm -hmm. And I really try to stand in that philosophy. There is a learning in every single scenario, regardless how painful the scenario is, there is a learning and we do, it's in our nature. It's like, it's partly our ego is trying to protect us, right? When I say ego, I don't mean arrogance. I mean, the part of our brain that really is there to protect us and keep us safe in the old days, you know, if it was a saber tooth tiger, it would be like, run. (laughs) So it doesn't have that, you know, we don't tend to not have that predatorial fear anymore. It's turned into what do people think? Mm. How many emails am I getting and not responding to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we, when we don't feel generally speaking that we're performing at our best or being perceived at our best, our, our mind is trying to protect us. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's so much easier to deflect off and put it to the, you know, it's this person's fault. You know, the saying one finger pointing out, there's a whole bunch pointing back at you, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's a whole whack coming back the other way. So what I find fascinating, and it's something I've had to look at my, in, you know, in my own life is what role am I playing? 
I can only be responsible for how I react. Yeah. It doesn't matter how other people react. Really. I am only, I can only control my own personal response, how I receive and how I put out. It is not up to, to me to determine how you act and respond. Like you just, I, it's one of those epiphany moments. So you asked earlier, like that coming to, to moment, it's like, if I stand in my truth, I have to accept that people might not receive it. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that was a really interesting moment where being somebody that I love people and I like people to like me. I mean, that's just, I think, human nature for many of us, right? We want to be thought of in a good light. But when you can stand in the conviction that I'm going to be truly authentically myself and I might not be the right fit for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful moment. Cause again, the saying we hear it all the time. I don't care what people think. Uh, probably you do. <laughs> you know, most people do. <laughs> and that's okay. So if you can shift the mindset around to, I need to, I need to be comfortable with people not perceiving or accepting me the way I stand here before you. So a great example, actually, and I've never actually shared this story, not, I mean, there's parts of it, but so I decided to quit drinking alcohol. Oh my gosh. It was a long time ago now. Like, I don't even remember. I keep saying five years. My husband's like, you've been saying five years for, I think 10 years for 10 years, right? (laughs) Like you, I don't remember the last time you had a drink and I cannot tell you how uncomfortable it made everybody else that I wasn't drinking. Oh my gosh. I know exactly what you're saying. (laughs) And it was like, why is this awkward for you? Mm-hmm. because I mean I, I was blessed that it was a decision that I was making it wasn't necessary like you know I wasn't having issues with alcohol and things like that like I was just I woke up one day and I'm like I'm a grown-ass woman I don't want to feel like crap anymore and this is not helping me stand in my truth yeah. I'm not this is not being the best version of myself so I was like that's it I'm never drinking again so and ironically I haven't um But what was interesting was the response of other people. My reflection and my standing in that truth made a lot of people uncomfortable. It was bizarre, like to the point where it's like, oh, maybe I can make you this drink and you'll like it. Or maybe, and I'm like, it is (laughs) drinks. Is there alcohol in it? Cause then I'm still not going to drink it. Yeah. It's like, you can stand, I will, I am all about the mocktail, like bring it on. (laughs) And you know, and it's funny, the day I decided to quit drinking, I made a commitment to myself that I would never repeat anything I saw in a drinking environment. So if I was at a party and somebody was out of hand, or, you know, if we were ever at a, you know, you know how sometimes the one person drinks too much, and they hope everybody was drunk enough that nobody remembers what happened, those kind of parties. So I always made a point that I would, I would hold that as respect for whoever was partaking in in beverages and um it was still uncomfortable for people that I didn't drink and it's still the people in my life now don't know me don't even think about it 
But when you go into a group full of people, it's interesting to me, they, they mark the, again, it's this deflection thing. It's like by seeing me not drink makes them think about something about themselves. And I'm like, okay, but if you're thinking it, is there something you should be looking into? Yeah. Right. Because it's like, whether it's drinking or whatever you're doing, someone else uncomfortable with what you're doing that aligns with who you are, that aligns with your truth, your authentic self. And it makes someone else uncomfortable. That's not about you. That's something about them. And that's a trigger for them. And I love triggers because then people should dive into why is this triggering me? Why does this make me uncomfortable and do their own, you know, kind of work around that. And what's been beautiful too, the flip side, I don't know how many people said to me, oh my gosh, how did you do it? What were the steps you did? Can you help me out? I don't know what this looks like. And I mean, like, you know, this story of alcohol is just the the one thing, but it can be anything Mm -hmm. around that. It's, it's determining your path. And why did I like, it was a deep seated why I had gone through stages through my whole, you know, young life and going, yeah, I don't think I'm going to drink for six months. And I would just wouldn't drink for six months. Right. And, but when I stood, stood on that, that stance of like, I'm done, this isn't what I want in my life anymore. (laughs) There are a few people that are like, yes, designated driver. (laughs) (laughs) Like Jenny's here. Go, let's go. (laughs) But generally speaking, you know, it was, um, it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. fascinating to see what that evoked in people yeah it's kind of like I I equate anybody making a big change you know you are going to ruffle some people's feathers and not because about you yeah it's exactly. not it's like I knew everybody's response wasn't because I had stopped drinking yeah right it was because they were questioning their own decisions around their consumption, mm-hmm. whatever level that looks like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, um, it's very interesting, but I said on the flip side too, people are like, yes, Jenny can drive. <laughs> and one thing I do, I want to add to that too, is how you, you just mentioned, you know, might make them uncomfortable because um, how much they might be drinking, but sometimes, you know, someone listening might be like, well, you know, I'm trying to turn my side hustle into my full-time gig. And this is making my, someone else in my life uncomfortable and they're not trying to start a business. So I don't get it. I think it's just, you're bringing something out of them. You're taking action to do something really positive with your life. And maybe they feel stuck or maybe they feel like, well, my life isn't going anywhere. So it doesn't have to be the exact same thing, like the business, but you're bringing out something in them. That's making them realize in their own life, they might not be doing what they want to be doing. And they don't know how to create that change. And what's so interesting, there's another saying that I'm sure you've heard is misery loves company, mm-hmm. right? So when you start to shine your light, this is the thing we were all put on this planet for, uh, you know, we do have an expiry date. There is a time limit to how long we're here. None of that's mm-hmm. the coolest thing about life. We have no idea when we expire bread. I can tell you it's going to expire in a week. We have no idea. <laughs> Right. Like, I mean, it's like poof. the thing that's really cool about that is we were put on this earth to shine as brightly as we can, but in the time frame that we have mm. to, to evolve, to learn things, to, to shine. And when we start shining our light, sometimes it's blinding for people. 
and it makes them uncomfortable. And, you know, I love that you talk about the side hustle. Everybody will deflect it to you in a different way because they don't want to do the work. Yeah. Right. Building an empire takes work. Standing in, you know, like I'm a great example. I was given this amazing business. It was, it's work. <laughs> but like, you know, and, and it looks like it was, you know, here you go. Here's the thing. It's work. It all takes effort, energy, passion, love, no matter what you're doing, mm-hmm. whether you want to lose weight, whether you want to change how your mindset works, whether you want to redesign who's in your friendship circle, whether you want to, you know, make a million dollars, like whatever that looks like. Yeah. It, none of it works without thought and action. Yeah. None of it. And if you're, if you're dulling your light, because it's going to make somebody else uncomfortable, you got to change where you're shining it. Yeah. Yeah. I love what, you know, the saying you you become like the five most people you spend your time with. So be really aware of who you're spending time with and be like very particular about who you spend your time with and, um, or else that misery loves company and you'll be in, you change your attitude and you change the way you speak, depending who you, who you're around. So, and you can notice it too. One of the things I think too, when I started really diving deep into the personal development world is, um, how did I feel inside when I was around certain people? Like, did I feel expansive and energetic and loving? And then there was people that I felt really like contracted around and like, just, you know, and it's like, Oh, your energy just gives me anxiety. Or you make me always think about things I don't want to be thinking about you, right. And you leave and you're exhausted. And so just being aware of even how your body reacts to other people and what people are saying is really powerful too. You know, and it's one of those things. And, and I love that you share that we are what we consume. Yes. Right. Whether that's through our mind, through our mouth, through the people around us, we mm-hmm. are what we consume. And I never, ever want to be the smartest one in the room. Mm-hmm. Like I love being surrounded by people that now the, okay. So I want to be full disclosure five, 10 years ago, it used to make me super uncomfortable because I was questioning my own worth. Right now I look at it as a chance to like ask those questions that I would never ask before. Ask how, ask why, you know, what should I do? Give me your opinions and your thoughts. I want to hear from you, but learning now that I have the the ability and the confidence to say, "Mm, that doesn't really work for me, but I can take that little nugget and stick it in my pocket (laughs) I'm gonna take that little nugget and stick it in my pocket Mm -hmm. and you know asking questions in in my mind and I think to you know when I've spoken to so many really powerful and influential leaders is people that ask questions show their courage they show their intelligence and they show their you know their thirst for learning and expansion. It's never a sign of weakness. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's never a sign of weakness. In fact, by not asking, you're doing yourself a disservice. Mm-hmm. 
You can't grow if you don't ask. You can't grow. No. You have to learn. You can't just sit behind your computer and Google everything. You want to learn from the people who've done it and have real conversations with them. And I used to be, I used to be so afraid to ask questions, even in high school. Like I remember being in school and like university, and I would never put my hand, like I'd have the question. I was like, I'm not going to be the dumb one. I'm not going to ask this question. And now it's like, okay, I make it a point if I'm speaking with someone, I'm going to ask them as much as I can until they're like, okay, this is enough like free information for you. Do you know what I, but I think that there's so much power and just not, I don't think it, no one, like, you don't look stupid. You look like you said that thirst for knowledge, that thirst for growth and people want to help people grow. I I choose to believe that for the majority of humans, we want to help other people excel and we want to help them grow into their own world. So why not like if someone asked me questions, I would love, like I share knowledge. I would love to, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like I don't, uh, yeah, but I get where people, where that fear comes from, but oh, overcoming that can help you a lot. It's, it's truthfully all about your mindset. And I think one of the biggest stances and changes for me was really starting to understand what a growth mindset was and developing the, the stance of curiosity. So if you want like a game changer, you guys, those that you are listening, the the biggest thing I would say the pivoting moment in my life that really allowed me to stand as a learner and not a learner because I was trying to prove I was smart, Mm -hmm. a learner in the sense of every single situation I'm in is an opportunity to learn and grow. Mm -hmm. So great example the event we just put on. I'm like, guys, we're trying this, this, and this. And if it doesn't work, we'll learn from it. Yeah. You know, and it's so interesting at this, at our round table team, team meetings, <laughs> people, you know, I, that's my belief system. I'm like, okay, we're going to try this. And if we fail, fantastic. We can figure out how to do it better. The horror. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean we fail? I'm like the most amazing thing we can learn is the discovery of what to do differently. And if we can get excited as a human being, as a parent, as a partner, as a friend, as anybody that's of influence to encourage people to celebrate their failures as much as their successes Mm -hmm. and give them a chance to look at like, how would you do this? I'm always, I'm a believer in solution. That's, you know, some people would call that painting it with, you know, rose colored glasses, but every single situation has a solution waiting to be discovered every single one. So if we can shift our mindset into the belief system that no matter what happens, if I put my best foot forward and I keep looking for solutions, the results will be successful. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if we make 15 discoveries along the way, a mistake is only a mistake if we don't learn from them. Yeah. Right. I love that. It's so some powerful, powerful stuff. And I, <laughs> and, I, and I love it because I think every we, everything's an opportunity, an opportunity to learn and grow. Right. And and Everything. we're so hard on ourselves and we're like, oh, I didn't get this job or I didn't get this promotion or I didn't get 
this date didn't work out and we just beat ourselves up instead of thinking, okay, well, what did I like about this? What did I not like about this? What would I love instead? What can I learn and what can I do differently? Like getting that curiosity, like you said, just getting curious about it instead of judgmental, right? And then bringing in that shame and thinking, oh, well, I'll never get the job that I want. I'll never, you know, find the partner of my life or whatever it is, you're, you know, but transfer, I talk about that a lot is transforming judgment for curiosity and just learning and growing yeah. mm-hmm. it's it is a powerful tool and the key thing about implementing it is like i said you're going to fall off the the mindset wagon you're going to you know any habits you're putting in they're going to slide away a little bit the key is is just okay i've acknowledged that i i haven't shifted what do i need to do to shift yeah and you know we are not saying, and, and I just like, oh, I'm going to speak for you. And if, if I am misrepresenting, I hope that's okay. But you're a mindset passion as I am too. We are not saying that terrible things aren't going to happen potentially in your life and that you need to glaze it over. Yeah. We're not saying that you aren't going to come up against something that doesn't feel good or is uncomfortable or is such a failure. You're like, how am I going to climb out of this? And you put like blind eye on and pretend that it didn't matter. What we're saying is, is just trust that if you shift how you're thinking about it everything hurts less which allows you to heal and allows you to feel and allows you to move forward mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you know Love um, it. yeah right? so much gold here i know <laughs> i love mindset you've been so kind with your time and i just love everything that you shared Can you let the listeners know, because I know I, like me, they'd probably want to hear you talk forever and keep going. So where can they find you and connect with you? Goodness. Okay. You can always find me at www.yourholisticearth.com. I think you're .ca. I think I'm .ca. How bad is that? (laughs) Yeah, .ca. That's, that's so funny. That in the show notes, <laughs> it just goes to show you like, those are things I don't worry about so much, but if you guys are interested and I hope this is okay for me to share, I have my own podcast as well. And in fact, Jessica is on one of my amazing guests and it's winning with wellness. And you can find that on any of your podcast platforms that you like. So, and of course you can find me via email through the website that is your holisticer.ca. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Uh, any it. final thoughts or anything you want to share before you go? You know, I think I would just love to remind people to stay curious. Mm-hmm. Life is meant to be joyous. It's not meant to be hard. And remember you have choice. Mm-hmm. Have choice. Thank you so much, Jenny. Thanks for having me. Are you someone who's into this idea of personal development and personal growth? And maybe you're like me and you're always looking for new ways to become the better version or the best version of yourself. Or maybe are you someone who's completely new to the personal development world and you're trying to really learn and understand more so you can grow as a person. 
Studies show that people are far more likely to thrive and achieve their goals when they're in a group setting and a community and when they have the accountability rather than trying to, you know, figure out their goal on their own. If you're like me and you're someone who's always looking for a little bit more in life, whatever that looks like for you, maybe you have a goal to be more present with your children. Maybe you have a goal to turn your side hustle into your full-time job. Whatever your goal is, if you are wanting to show up as the best version of yourself, then I want you to know about my club. Justice Club is a place focused on community. We're focused on love, self-love, and loving others. This is a club where we get to show up unapologetically as our true selves, and we show up boldly. My club is my monthly coaching program where each month we come together as a community and we dive into very specific topics. We're going to talk about our goals. We're going to get really crystal clear on what it is we would love. We're going to talk about habits and how to create habits that align with the goals that you're trying to achieve and ultimately align with the life you would love to be living. We're going to dive into topics around self-sabotage and mindset, boundaries, beliefs. We're going to talk about how to show up with courage every single day, even during the hard seasons of life. Every single month, we're going deep into topics that will help you grow as a person, deepen your love and connection with yourself and with those around you and really help you become the best version of yourself. And we're going to do all of these things while staying true to who we are, staying true to our core values. I don't believe that we were put on this earth to be mediocre, to walk around feeling unfulfilled. I believe at my core, we are all meant to live a great life, to feel joy, to feel happiness, peace, love. This community is about achieving your goals overcoming obstacles and living a life that you love while not asking for permission to be who you are and who your authentic self is at your core. If you are ready to create change in your life, if you are ready to live into that best version of yourself, then go check out the club because we would love to have you there. If you like what you hear on the Trudy podcast, hit subscribe and head over to our website at thetrudylifestyle.com and learn more about what we do.